0: Song
1: Talk Radio. Welcome to Song Talk Radio, the show with songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of songwriting. We share tips, tools, and techniques, and together we all become better at writing songs. I'm your host, Neil Modi, and with me my co-host, Phil Emery. How are you doing, Phil? I am discombobulated, sir. Oh no.
2: You're always yes, I couldn't find my headphones and it's 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 just been crazy here. Well, so
1: take a take a deep breath, get yourself recombobulated.
2: Well, I'm I'm bobulated. You know, maybe somewhat in between discombobulated and bobulated. Bobulated so. should
1: totally be your stage name.
2: <laughs> Bob Bob, Bob
1: Middle initial U Lated. Lated.
2: That is really cool. I think I just might.
1: you should um and uh, for the rest of you please send your comments questions your recommendations for phil's new stage name uh to at song talk radio on twitter facebook or instagram or feedback at songtalk.ca and we'll share your thoughts on the show and please visit songtalk.ca to see the show post for this episode to find links to resources we mentioned and to download lyric and chord sheets to follow along with the songs that we feature. And before we get to tonight's guest, um, happy to uh, say that uh, our latest songwriting challenge 2023, which is uh, to write a song in an unusual mode, um, we are continuing to add resources to our dedicated uh, webpage. So go to songtalk.ca and on the sidebar there, you'll see uh, songwriting challenge 2023. Um, We added a couple of things. Uh, I've noticed a video on my YouTube channel um, uh, called modes aren't just scales; they're progressions too. And then the fellow mm, that was is, a good one is yeah, is a very good one. He's, he's describing you know how how it's not just about scales but about the chords that are that are behind those scales and the progressions that you can that you can use um, in different modes. And he demonstrates that on guitar because you know a lot, a, lot, a lot of the music theory stuff tends to be piano driven, but it's nice to see it on guitar, um, even though. Music theory is music theory. It doesn't matter what instrument you're using. <laughs> you should be able to take anything you see on a piano and apply it to guitar and, and vice versa. Ideally. Um, ideally. And uh, the other thing I saw, I, I follow the Disc Makers blog. I get emails from them uh, occasionally. And they did a little article called Harnessing the Power of the Phrygian Mode. Oh. Uh, talking specifically about Phrygian and a few songs, uh, examples and things. Apparently, London Calling by The Clash is in Phrygian. I had no idea. Mm, cool. So yeah,
2: I always like that sort of that sort of feel of uh, a song, and I wasn't sure what it was. So it's great. I mean, that's that's another one I want to investigate. There's modes is definitely something you can fall into, and it gets very deep. It goes as deep as you want to go. Yeah. Yeah, so know, when we say writing
1: a song in a in an unusual mode, it could just you you could be as simple as modally interchanging a couple chords in your mm. in your progression. It could be writing like I know for me the challenge is writing a, a song in one mode completely because I've I've done a lot of that modal interchange stuff before where I'm borrowing chords from other key signatures uh, like doing that. So I want to break out of that and challenge myself to write to stick to one mode. For the duration of the song, and see and see if that works for me. So it's really up to you the the specifics of the challenge. But we do encourage you to to, to deliberately step outside your boxes and, yep. and and try and push yourself to do something. You may not end up with the greatest song in the world. That's it okay. Be, it could be a springboard for a version two of the song, um, and at the very least, it's going to be a learning experience um,
2: for you and for for everybody, for us included. <laughs> As a creator, it's always a good idea to push yourself out of your comfort zone, especially with guitar players, because guitar players, we tend to do things by hand shapes. So a lot of guitar players don't know what they're playing. They just move their hand around. Mm. So you can get stuck with doing the same hand shape, or even on a piano, you tend to do the same kinds of things. So it's good to, you know, there's lots of, you know, Brian Eno has done some interesting things about, introducing randomization or some new rules or just a way of getting yourself out of your old habits and that's how you find some really cr- new creative ideas
1: yeah for sure for sure okay great and uh okay so tonight uh, we're happy to welcome new york-based singer-songwriter tina ross and here's a taste of her song artemisia <laughs>
0: My dress shimmers green An emerald drape Its edges scratch from grainy Lace my eyebrows Curious and arched My patience worn My patience parched I mix my pigments Crush them with stone Truth ground into savage tones I choose Draw a bloody knife, highlighting dark
1: Tina Ross is a New York-based singer-songwriter based making up for lost time. On her second act, she just released her debut album, While I'm Here. Her vocal delivery brims with clarity and conviction of a stage actor, while her finely crafted acoustic guitar work has an understated and uncluttered quality. There's no hurry in her music, but make no mistake, it's not laid back. A quiet, elegant fierceness runs through her songs. Tina has been recognized by the UK Songwriting Contest and the International Blues and Roots Radio Contest as a finalist, and by the John Lennon Songwriting Contest as an honorable mention. She's also a member of the Jack Hardy Songwriting Exchange. Tina also hosts seasoned songwriters on a monthly concert interview on Zoom, Inside the Song, through the Folk Project of New Jersey. Your guests have included Dar Williams Ellis Paul and Tom Chapin to name a few welcome to song talk radio Tina Ross
0: hi it's wonderful great. to be here
1: great to have you on the show and uh, I', I I'm, I'm just curious in, in your in your bio that you gave us there you said singer songwriter is your second act what was your first act
0: I was a chiropractor and nutritionist okay. until 2019. Where I went to a songwriting workshop to learn how to write songs for other people, and I met some I met some people there. Um, Dan Navarro was one of them, and he said, "Tina, what do you think? You know, I think that you should be this should be what you're doing." And I said, "Ah, I have a practice. Am I doing?" it? So within four months, I left my practice. And I just delved, I was delving into songwriting and then the pandemic hit. Um, so it gave me a lot of time <laughs> to learn this thing, this songwriting thing. And I just, every night was on a zoom or in, in London or in, you know, you could be anywhere during the pandemic. No so I really kind of really gathered so many skills from, you know, incredible people, uh, and had some great mentors and masterclasses. So, yes. It's,
2: it's yeah. Why were you, um, you said you were uh, wanting to write songs for other people?
0: Yes. Well, I, um, I didn't think that I'd be the performer because I already had a profession. You know, I was already in really digging deep. Although I've been in a jazz trio. I sing jazz music. I've been the vocalist in a jazz trio for a very long time wow. and always, you know, always played music, started playing guitar at eight or nine, um, and just played, just covered other people's music and, yeah. uh, dabbled a little in songwriting, maybe in college. And then here and there, I look back now, they're not very good, no. <laughs> but I did it. And it was, uh, and then it was, there was just something that said, this is your time to write. And in my mind, I thought, I'm just going to write for other people, so why don't I go do that? And then it just all turned over in a very short period of time, and I'm so grateful to have met him and been there. Yeah, you know, That's the why life happens when you're kind of in sync with things, I think.
1: Is, is, is there a difference for you from writing for other people as opposed to writing for your own voice?
0: Um, well, it feels that way because I'm inhabiting the song in a different way. You never know how someone else will cover you know, a song that you write, and I've had some people cover the songs, and I'm always very surprised, and it's it's lovely, it's wonderful to hear someone else's interpretation of your song, um, and it's always an honor for me, like I'm going down uh, to SURFA, the the Southeast Regional Folk Alliance, and I'm covering songs of two songwriters, uh, there they have this uh, the showcase. I'm so excited and they're so excited that I'll be covering their their songs. So um, I don't know if I answered your question, but I, I I love singing my own songs. It's just something it's a little scary, it's vulnerable um, and it's um, I could feel the, almost the most authentic that I do, even more so than in conversation, you know, when I'm singing
1: I, 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 I guess. I guess I was asking more in terms of process, but I, I suppose there is a, there is a certain amount of like, like, do you, do you, like if someone else sings one of your songs, do they, do you mind if they change a lyric? If they, you know, whereas you're not, you might do that with your own songs too, like right. in a performance or something, they might decide that lyric doesn't quite work for me. I'm going to change this. And I wouldn't
0: mind. I wouldn't, wouldn't mind. mind. No, no. I feel that once you write it and you sing it and you put it out in the world, it's almost not yours anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, just like any art.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. That's a mm-hmm. great way to see it.
2: Yeah. Now, what is what is your writing process like? Are you a lyrics-first person or a, a words-first person or a concept-first person?
0: Interesting. I, I used to be, I started out as a lyric-first, for sure, just um, because I used to, and I do still do, read and write poetry, um, and then I had to kind of learn that poetry is not song lyrics, um, and I used to only do it that way. And then um, I had some injuries with my hands as a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can only play in standard tuning for a very short period of time. So in this process, I found open tunings. And so now most of, my, most of the time I'm fooling around with a different tuning or some other sonic scape. And all of a sudden, some emotion comes up, and I uh, will start to write. And then I'll often go back to maybe my, uh, you know, I have, of course, we all have these lists of ideas and songs, or um, I also free write. So I'll go, oh, I feel like this song is that one that I started to write with lyrics, and I'll just marry them together and then just go from there. Um, But these days, it's more musical, uh, music first. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. And I never thought it would be that way, but it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Because for me, it's quite the opposite. Like I was always, I wrote instrumental music for many years. So everything was music, music, music. Mm. When I finally got into writing lyrics, then it kind of, it still became music first. But then over the years, it's it started now to become lyric first a lot of the time, yeah. although not necessarily. Oh, like, you know, it kind of goes back and forth. I know for Phil, lyrics are always the last thing for him.
0: Hmm. It's wonderful, (laughs) and it's really cool. Oh, I love your cat. Oh, I'm just saying that there was a a cat (laughs) tail on the Zoom. I'm sorry. I know people. One of three. That That was wonderful. Um, When you're when you're co-writing with someone also who has a different way of writing, that's always very that's very interesting.
1: those are the best people to co-write with. Someone who has a completely different approach than you do. that's the best thing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I I would I met every week with somebody in um, during the pandemic who was very music oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote lyrics too, but so it was a great match. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and, and it's really important to sort of discover for yourself what works for you. Like, you know, are you are you the type of person who gets up first thing in the morning and writes morning pages? Do you work better at the, in the middle of the night? Do you you know, do you work better if you write a lyric first? You would like to just start noticing what works for you right. or your cat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you can change over time because it used yes. to be morning. And then at a certain period of time, it was like two, three in the morning for me. You know, first it was early morning get up because I do write pages ever mm-hmm. since I read the, the artist's way. Uh-huh. Um, and but uh, and then it was like two, three in the morning. So. Um, like I had kind of opposite schedules, you know, and then so. But it, that changes with time too. We as you know, we just have to let it be, however it is. Yeah.
1: So this this debut release of, of yours, how many? So I, I guess it's just songs you've written in the last few years, then since 2019, yeah. isn't it?
0: It's it's really mostly all pandemic songs uh, through the lockdown, and. um There's one song on there, which is a little sleeper. I wasn't going to put it on the album. There were 13 13 songs to begin with, and then I I wanted the the album to have a certain arc, so I just took three of them out. One song, uh, Summers Like These, which is a a different song, was slightly written before that. That was a song that, um, an idea that I had about summer love, and it's turning out to be a favorite for most people. It's just you never know. Uh there's also a um a video, a sand art video of that song also on YouTube. It's on my Tina Ross Music YouTube and it's just what a surprise. You know, never knew that it would it would be that. Um and I think because it was written before I felt like I could really write, I somehow kind of pushed it aside. But we have inclinations, you know, it's it started, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah. And sometimes that's not a bad thing when you you know, sometimes it's somehow purer when you don't know so much stuff and you're yeah. and you don't complicate it too much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is a simpler
0: song. It, yeah. that's, that's a good point because I tend to to do a lot of um I kind of see songwriting like painting. Um I'm very interested in the confluence of types of art. And so I actually feel like I'm painting the story when I'm writing. Um uh, with dark and light and, um, you know, texture and color and visual. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's very, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a visual, uh, painting for me. So, uh, sometimes it's more complicated because to me, words are so beautiful, you know, and they convey things, but sometimes they're not as simple as that. That "Summers Like These" songs.
1: We had a guest on the podcast years ago. I remember this guy, uh, Phil uh, Daniel Daniel Caseras. Hmm. He's from Spain. English is not his first language; Spanish is right. But he only wrote songs in English, and and we were asking him like, "Why don't you ever write songs in Spanish?" He uh, said, "Getting in my own way. I know my Spanish is too advanced." Uh, and and his English songs came out with like pure, simple, really, but like elegant. You know, it was like it's like, but but without without all the without all the complications. <laughs> I love and that. it was so interesting just to get get into a space that you're not familiar with. And
2: maybe that's a way to inject something simpler. It'll
0: be more
2: th- emotional. Yeah. I think it can always be a bit of a, a challenge. You know, when you get into songwriting with a capital S, mm. you know, you really pay attention to all those little sort of, oh, there's like internal rhymes and there's this yeah. great little sort of... Um, a musical you know hook here and you know you get into the the technical aspects because that's what we love and we talk about it We're like we've been talking about this for like 400 shows now yeah. um but it's easy to get lost in that and it's important to understand that other people don't listen to music that way they just they want to be moved and I think it's mm. easy for songwriters to get too into the fidgety bits and forget about the soul I think
0: that's great, thank you for that. Yeah. That's really an important thing to remember. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why we write, for the emotion.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. for the emotion, but also for like, to just the, and even in terms of a technique, like that's something I learned of just doing Pat Patterson's songwriting course on Coursera, just the, just the free one. It really got me to think about the big picture and see the, and see the whole song as a thing, as opposed to obsessing over these little tiddly bits interesting phil you know what i mean like
0: i i also took during the pandemic i took five courses with pat and mm -hmm. what an incredible journey that was and things it really did help to transform my um my writing and uh and, and one of the things that i was so relieved by is that he really uses, you know, the rhyming dictionary and the synonyms. And yeah. he uses it even as a way of opening his story. And I just love that. I always felt that, well, am I cheating? But no. No. And, and then he'd find the synonyms and then go with those into a, another part of the story. And he was great.
2: Could you yeah. expand on that? Actually, that's, that's a really interesting point.
0: It is interesting. So um, he was talking about... Uh, you know, you know, have your core idea, the core, the, the the kernels of the story, and then you take maybe five words that express that 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 emotion or feeling or story, and then you look up. Uh, the, at least this is how I interpreted it. You look yeah. up uh, synonyms for those, and the synonyms and words, as we know, and we're a lover of words, that just the most simple, you know, change. Uh, alters the meaning just slightly. And so that's kind of another avenue to go down. And so you find that you expand the story and then you can have another, actually, it, for me, what happened was I I was struggling with a second verse in a song and then I ended up using one of the synonyms and then where that took me and it, it, it expanded the story in a different way and it was my second verse. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah.
1: so extraordinary oh yeah he's, he's amazing like the thing i learned from him is very similar to that the keyword exercise like you're saying that you take a group of words but yeah. sy- synonyms also rhymes you find you go into a rhyme zone or another rhyming dictionary and you find words that rhyme with it that that still relate to your central core idea and you go oh yeah that that word i didn't think of actually rhymes with my with my main word and it, and it makes me th- Think about how this story can progress, or how this how this is another angle to look at it with, or whatever the case may be. Like, has to obviously, makes sense. You don't rhyme for the sake of rhyming, right? But, you know, oh, there's this whole, sometimes the
0: whole you do. Thing he does. He's, you know, with uh, all of the rhymes and everything. Um, you know, that's such an interesting conversation is rhyming, but yeah. So. um
1: Yeah, but this this whole idea of are you cheating if you use a rhyming dictionary? yeah you're not so you're not I mean
2: how oh, would you think you, that yeah that's a weird thing I don't um,
0: know no I was feeling that it should be something that just, just is organic and I that was my own thing I put on myself so
1: yeah and and, and a lot of songwriters do feel that way we had, we had a guest yeah. who was like, it was like his rhymes were so perfect and we were like you use a rhyme dictionary he was like no never never no, don't touch that don't go there Right. Yeah. And and for, time, and for a long time and for a long time, I felt like I didn't need it. The latest song that I just been working on last couple of weeks, I was hitting that rhyming dictionary hard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <I was> like,
1: <laughs> it, it, because it, it's a way for you to get unstuck. i sure yeah. you can let oh, it pour it out of you. Oh, if, yeah. it, if it pours out of you and it ain't that good. Go to the rhyming dictionary. <laughs> yeah,
0: There's nothing wrong. And then it just kind of it, it opens you just a slight bit. This this complete rhyming dictionary. Do you know this one? No. Which which is like. Built on um, I mean, wood. sound okay. rather than words, um, it's really interesting. It's uh, the complete rhyming dictionary, Clement Wood, and oh, you cool. wonder, well, why do I need a, a, a book when the I, can, you know, have Rhyme Zone? But this is a whole different way of looking at it. It's oh, very interesting. So okay, try to find that one. It's it, it's very cool. Yeah. What is that called again? <laughs> It's hard to get to you uh, to learn how to use It's You'd think it would be easy. The Complete Rhyming Dictionary by Clement, C-L-E-M-E-N-T Wood. Oh
2: yeah? Yeah. Okay. Add that to the show list. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, add definitely. Add it, add it, add it.
1: Okay, so, okay. so then let's talk a little bit about um, Ar- Ar- Artemisia. Who, is, who, yeah. who or what is Artemisia? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Artemisia Gentileschi is a 17th century um, female artist. who in her own time, actually, um, became known as a progressive artist in her own time, which is very unusual for a woman um, to even be thought of as, you know, only men could only be creative enough to, to, you know, to paint or to write. and, um, And she was actually admitted into the arts academy at that time. So I was reading a book, uh, maybe four years ago, three years ago. It's called Blood Water Paint by Joy McCullough. And it's a story about Artemisia, and it's written in verse. It's a very interesting book. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, and she just, I, I just I have to know more about this woman. So I um over time just learned about her, would look at her paintings, and 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 this was actually before I was writing songs. Um, And then I, um, and as I said, I'm very interested in the confluence of, um, you know, feeling between art and writing and music. And so it was just a perfect place for me to land. Um, And so I was looking at a self-portrait of her. She's wearing this green, you know, emerald dress with this lace, and she had this expression on her face. And then... The first, um, the first verse came out. My dress shimmers green and emerald drape. Its its edges scratch from grainy lace. My eyebrows curious and arched. My patience worn. My patience parched, because she had a very, very difficult life. Um, her mother died early. Her father took um, credit for her work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, he taught her and also took some credit for her work. You know, a lot of women's issues, you know, and especially Me Too was happening at this time as well, the whole Me Too. And um, so I, I um, th- she was also raped and, and, mm-hmm. um, and her father ended up uh, bringing the case for her. And she won the case, mm. um, which is also unusual. But they tortured her during it in order that they would say, you know, are you telling the truth? So mm. all of that is in this story. And she paints only women and heroines. Um, and she has this, these bright kind of tragic colors. And so all of that was just speaking to me. And um, Artemisia Gentileschi, and I realize as I'm writing it that it's also me you know, mm-hmm. so it's just wonderful to discover yourself in in the characters you're writing about, and I and I did a lot of research. I I, I actually went. I didn't bring it with me. But I, I went to look for the book where I was writing this, and there were like eight, nine, ten pages of just writing, 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 writing. Uh, you know, about how I felt about her, what she looked like, what she represented. Um, the resistance that she was how she resisted all these things and that's what came out in the in the in the story and um and I felt the the chorus is damn this 17th century you know just damn and I felt that that she could have said that you know like freak you know yeah. why is it why am I growing up in this time when I have so much to say and so much but she she rose above and that's She's a little hero, heroine for me, yeah,
1: yeah that, that's amazing. I, I think I, I think that's an interesting point about you're fascinated with this artist. You're fascinated with this person mm-hmm. and and yet, and but you have to see the parallels with your own life, and you need to inject something of your own life into the song, whether it's just your perspective on her life or it's it's you know what I mean? like it's not
2: yes. it's oh. it's
1: not it's it's not a it's not a cut and dry kind of reporting on yeah. her existence on, on 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 her experience or whatever but but the damn this 17th century that really stands out as this is an opinion piece now right and it's and it, and, and, and there's and there's strong um sort of sort of protest and emotion behind that yes so I, I think i think, I think that's a that's a great that's a great yeah. angle yeah, I I can't imagine if you if I mean I've I've actually never done that. I never wrote pages and pages and pages upon stuff and then try to whittle that down to a lyric. Well,
0: that's what I usually do.
1: <laughs> really? I usually
0: do and then I'll circle things. Um and then sometimes it's a whole block of 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 lyric that work together mm. and then sometimes something later will, you know, fit. Uh, I do a lot of editing. A mm. lot of editing, like a lot um and um so yeah, and then the music for this, mm-hmm. um, I actually heard more harpsichordy. I wanted it to kind of sound old, mm. um, and I I used open G, um, actually open A. I I uh, ended up needing to capo it up, and um, and so that's what I was going after with the uh, with the picking and everything. I don't know if it ended up feeling, but that's what I wanted it to be, kind of, a, you know, a piece that was older. And um, and then there's a portion of the song where she's talking to her, her uh, canvas, and I wanted it to be very dreamy, so I took it all the way up the guitar, like really high, like the very highest I could find on the guitar in order to kind of create this kind of dreamy wispy you know i hear the call of this stretched linen you know Mm -hmm. it cannot speak but i listen i wield this dry dye and oil to be defiant we will not be silenced you know Mm -hmm. and and so it was all up there and then damn the 17th it's so much fun to just kind of weave in and out and try to tell the story with the music as well as with the 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 words yeah
2: absolutely Yeah. yeah Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we uh, take a listen to it? And then we can talk a bit more. Okay. Cool. Here we go.
0: My dress shimmers green. An emerald drape. Its edges scratch from grainy. Lace my eyebrows. Curious and art. My patience worn, my patience parched I mix my pigments, crush them with stone Truth ground into savage tones I choose to draw a bloody knife Highlighting dark is always mixed with light. I face a faceless enemy Trying to steal what's real for me I am Artemisia Vindicated I left my father's home Wrapped up my brushes, will and shadows With brazen strokes my heroines are free i paint their prowess wounds in the stories damn this 17th century i expose absurdity i will prove an artist's mastery I
2: This could be a basis for a musical.
0: You know, I I have to say that a a, a number of people have said that. And um, I think a lot of my writing is I, a lot of my influences. My mom was a, a singer and she sang show tunes and I grew up with that. And my father, Frank Sinatra, and, you know, so I think that's that I hear that a lot. I hear that. And uh, so I would love to write a musical. Yeah, you're you're right on target with that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and you know the way the way things these days are mashed up and have been mashed up for years. Like, they have, musical doesn't necessarily mean Broadway style musical, right? You know, could be hip hop, could be jazz, could be right. a sh- oh, a show tunes from ABBA, like or, or songs from ABBA. Like, it doesn't matter, <laughs> right? So definitely, but but I, I I I agree with Phil that it does have it doesn't have a Broadway quality to it, but it does have a kind of musical theater quality to it. It's very much a story. It's, I don't know, it's, it's got those, it's got those high money notes with the, with the strong vibrato. <laughs> Maybe that's it, <laughs> right. you know, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's a folk song, but it's not a traditional folk song. Somehow it mm. seems, you know, a little bit different. Well, there's
2: that. no metaphor. It's all very sort of real. Hmm. Yeah,
1: but there's a lot, but there's a lot of imagery though.
2: A lot of imagery, but there's no metaphors, and I think yeah. that's one of the things that often will in, in musicals they have to be specific to carry the the plot forward. Because if it's too metaphor, then it's just a song, you know. Um, yeah. So that's a good point. That's why it made me think. You know, it was you could see like the person on stage singing it, and this would be the central piece of the you know. The musical of, of Artemisia, you know, it,
1: it, right? Costume designer has their notes right here. That's <laughs> true. <Right>. that's true. <laughs> there is
0: this kind of a resurgence of her stuff, uh, more recently as well. And I think there's been a play written by her, but not a musical. So okay, never know,
2: never mm. know, yeah. never know.
0: Yeah, you never know. You
2: can make some good money on a if your musical hits,
0: yeah.
1: it hits. Yeah, I, I, I do like the way I think and, and your, your open G, open A tuning, I think, I think plays to this that there like, especially in the first verse, it's it's a little bit hard to find the downbeat. Like it's kind of in mm-hmm. the way your melody sh- shape kind of one line flows into the next. It just kind of floats a little bit until so you kind of get the, the the pulse of this of this thing. And and then you know by the time you hit the the chorus it's 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 nailed down so it, the chorus really stands out as a as a as a as a way to ground um to ground the song and to ground the idea especially with the title and the name in there because you know up until then if you don't know the title this could be anybody
0: <laughs> yes <laughs>
1: to to a certain extent but but the That's but true. the but the but the specificity with the with the shimmering green and emerald drape. You know, the, the, the nice reward is anyone who is familiar with with the artist who just hears this randomly on Spotify, doesn't even know what it's called, might, if, if it evokes that image in, in the listener's mind, they may even think that, it, that it's Artemisia because they right. maybe they're familiar with it or with her. So, yeah. Or yeah. people
0: say, oh, I've got to look her up, you know, yeah. after they hear the song. Yeah, oh, yeah. Artemisia, Artemisia, you know, so that's also. Yeah. Another thing. It's interesting where you're talking about not being on the one or you're not nailing it. I tend to kind of have that kind of in and out. Uh, maybe it's a little kind of Joni mitchell kind mm-hmm. of thing happening. Um, and I have a teacher that constantly says to me, can you... Just do one of those things on the one. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you just start on the one once there, and that just goes. Yeah. So it's funny, but well, you know, it's, it's
1: it's it's the producer in me, and it's the drummer in me. I'm a drummer at heart, oh, right? Yeah. So I'm always looking for the downbeat, right? Because if I was to play drums to this, I mean, I got to know where to come in. <laughs> I got to know where to hit my kick drum, right? And so yeah. my my brain yeah. tends tends to go there, but but yeah. I I, I, do I understand have, that, but but I but do. but, I, but I, I do appreciate it. Like I can. I can I can dig it if it, if it's if it's free floating a little bit more and it, it makes it, it to be honest it makes me pay more a little more attention because now I'm looking now I'm looking for the rhythm of this and I'm and I'm and I'm listening more intently to it so to me it's it's a voc- it's, it's it's inviting that way
0: mm, cool you know, I'm going to listen to it a little differently now <laughs> now that you're saying that it's good it's a, it's, it's a good way and I know the most recent song that I wrote I was very. Um, kind of careful, the very most recent, I just recorded it, the very most uh, that I, I knew that I wasn't coming in the first two lines and the third and fourth line of every of every um, part of the verse, I'm coming in on one and I'm establishing it and the whole chorus is. So, you know, it's interesting that you picked that up about me.
1: And, and, and really that's, that's, that's one way of the many, many multiple way to introduce contrast into your song.
0: Mm. Is, is
1: one part rhythmically loose? Is one part rhythmically strong? Yes. You know, in addition to things like rhymes and money notes and all the other things that we, we harp on on the show. But, you know, that's, that's yet another tool in your toolbox to say, mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliberately do this a little bit laid back, a little bit looser. Yes. And then I'm going to come in strong for the bridge. <laughs>
2: exactly. What was quite nice is the economy of arrangement. It's not, it's like it's mostly guitar. There's a little bit of piano, but very, very small yeah, amounts of piano. Yeah, most of
1: piano until the very end. Yeah.
2: Which can be tough because piano players tend to like to play uh-huh. um, because they're used to usually doing everything. So um, yeah. sometimes with a piano player, I have to say, no, no, just play two notes. And they don't like doing that. So I, I, I was quite impressed how it just, you don't need much sometimes for a song, just a, a vocal on a guitar and it works really well.
0: Mm-hmm. I um the the person who played uh I co-produced this with uh Mark Dan uh who's a multi-instrumentalist he doesn't call himself a pianist but I um asked him to do some on this and so maybe because he isn't normally he was just kind of using his ear and I thought just very sweetly added just some texture and some tone you know some tones I think he did a beautiful job um so maybe that's why it doesn't take up so much space. Because- well,
1: there, there's there's a philosophy, and I, I try to adopt this philosophy if I'm playing with a singer, especially if I'm playing with a singer. While the right. singer's singing, you do not be busy as an instrumentalist. Just keep yes. it very, very stripped down and simple and just support the singer. When the singer's not singing and it's an instrumental bit, then go bonkers, go nuts. Because yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. then you are carrying the melody. Yes. Right, so you can yeah. you can be busier and 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 like that. But once you start interfering with the singer, that's when people tune out. They don't even know what to listen to and 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 you know, like it or not, the singer takes yeah. takes the the singer gets the trump card.
0: <laughs> True. True. Well, it was really very fun to uh to record and to uh it's it was very satisfying the song actually.
2: So. Yeah, great. How long did it take you to write the song from start to finish, do you think?
0: Actually, it this one, while it was difficult to write, I, I'm in this um, Jack Hardy songwriting group. I don't know if you know Jack Hardy. Jack Hardy is someone who was a songwriter in the 70s down in Greenwich Village. And he um, was just part of the whole folk scene in, in uh, the, the Greenwich Village. And he used to have um, songwriting groups like Suzanne Vega would come. Like people came through from that period of time Um, Cliff Eberhard and all of those people, they would come and write, uh, bring their new songs and people would talk about them. So that's still going on now and I'm part of that group. And um, I brought this song and I was determined by the next week to have it finished. So I worked really hard, probably harder than any song because every day I just worked really hard, but it really was a week. Which, um, and then maybe I tweaked a few things here and there. Most of my songs take a longer time to write. I'll write it, I'll put it aside. Yeah. One word, three chords, whatever. But this one really spoke to me, so I think concentrated.
1: Well, yeah. well that and having a deadline, sweet thing.
0: Yes. Really good.
1: the, so good. the best.
0: And, and people sometimes come to this group with their five o'clock specials because you're supposed to come with a new song you know, every week, and and so they're amazing. These songwriters are so incredible that I just, you know, really that was a five o'clock special, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it was because they're they're really able. They're just connected. Really great. I've learned a lot from them. Yeah. So. Cool.
1: Hey. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think uh, that is about all the time we have on the show. So this has been Song Talk Radio. Special thanks to Tina Ross. And uh, where can our listeners uh, hear more of your music and get your uh, get your album?
0: Uh, well, on any of the uh, you know uh, Spotify, Apple Music, any of those. tinarossmusic.com dot is my website. Um, and I'm also on Bandcamp, tinarossmusic. but at Tina Ross Music is my. Nice.
1: Uh-huh. And we will yeah. share links uh, to your website and stuff on on the show post for this Thank episode. You. So be sure to check that out. And uh, we want to hear from you, our listeners, so please send your comments on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to at SongtalkRadio or send us an email, feedback at songtalk.ca. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel for live performance videos and full episodes. Subscribe today to the Song Talk Radio podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And you can find links to all the products, books, and web services we mentioned on the show on our resources page on the website. And please join us at our next monthly Song Talk Meetup, whether you're in Toronto for our in-person meetups or anywhere in the world for our online meetups. It's free to join on meetup.com and free to attend, bring a song and a lyric sheet, and get constructive feedback from other songwriters stop by songtalk.ca for the link you can follow me at neomodi.com, you can follow phil philemory.ca and, and tina what's your what's your go-to social media platform um yeah.
0: facebook or instagram tina russ music
1: all right be sure to check out tina on her on her socials there and uh thanks for listening everyone be sure to stop by the website songtalk.ca to browse past shows and find out how you can be a guest thanks for tuning in and keep, keep on, on writing,
2: writing. Getting closer, Phil. We'll get in sooner, buddy.